Backfield boys, alright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Backfield Boys. This is yours truly, Brendan, and as always, I'm joined by Lucas Kochevar and this weekend's champion, Jackson <laughs> Kelly. Oh How's it going, gosh. fellas? It feels good <laughs> to winner. be atop of the mountain, dude. <laughs> I mean, no one else feels what I feel. No one. <laughs> and I really don't think there's many fans of Alabama football, Georgia football, or Kentucky football that are also fans of the Arizona Cardinals. So that that's true. That's <laughs> yeah, a, point. That's a very rare random. breed. A rare breed in a uh, league of my own right now, and I can't I can't explain it, dude. I <laughs> I was supposed to go zero and two this week, and I somehow went two and zero. Yeah, man. I mean, both teams look <laughs> great. I mean, the Cardinals right now might be the best team in the league. And- they are. That that's definitely fair. That's definitely fair to say. Okay. And the Kentucky, I mean, you finally beat Florida at home. You hadn't beaten them in almost <laughs> forty years at home. So I mean, that's it had an not incredible. Been forty account. years, dude. <laughs> it had been since the eighties. It was nineteen eighty something. It was thirty six years. <laughs> okay, that's almost that's, forty. That's, yeah, that's, that's almost forty. Long. Yeah, you're pushing <laughs> yeah. it, man. You round up there, <laughs> dude. My hair ain't gray yet, bro. <laughs> But, yeah, dude, I, I was at the game, and it was incredible. Yeah, didn't you say it broke some kind of decibel record at the uh... – No, it wasn't. Well, they definitely said it's the loudest that place had ever been. That's what I'm saying in the Commonwealth. Yeah, apparently there's, like – I don't know the ratings at all, but someone said, like, the decibel rating for ear damage is, like, 108 or something. I don't know. Apparently we were, like, 113, 114. Man, that's incredible. <laughs> dude, I had a migraine yeah. in the second half, and it was so loud. I was like, oh, my God. I think it's because I've been drinking all day. So I snuck two shooters of bird dog in that some bitch. Took <laughs> both of them and put a dip in. And by the fourth quarter, like, I was okay. I could look up. In. Yeah. I was like, all right, this is it. Now, now, I know you heard those fans chanting, we want Bama. Around the bonfire, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, they're, they're, oh. they had a huge bonfire outside the stadium. They're we all want ch- them up. Oh and the gosh. fan, the fan recording it was like, No, you don't. No, you don't. I promise <laughs> you don't, dude. I tweeted a uh, lyric to a Hardy song. It's uh, it's a writing, We want Bam on the back windshield, and I tweeted that. I mean, this dude. Hey. dude, it's it's fun, okay? Like, oh, yeah, was, no, hey, it's always I, good, it's always good to get that it's little energy it's after SEC. a game. Fall's coming, fall SEC football. It's probably one time. of three undefeated teams. The other two are the top two ranked teams in the country. Let us have our moment, dude. No, I, I agree. I think wanting Bama in this instance makes sense because that means you would have beaten Georgia and gotten to the SEC championship games. So that's a really great mindset to have. You know, you want to get to that point, you want to get to that pinnacle, and you know the only way you're going to get there is beating Georgia, which I don't think is going to happen. But I counted out Kentucky against Florida, and they proved me wrong. I mean, the defense showed up. The offense did what they need to do. I think Gate – I think your um, quarterback um, – Will Levis. Will Levis, yeah. I think Levis is holding you back a bit because he had a great first game, but after that he's kind of fallen off. Because I remember you were saying Levis for Heisman after week one. <laughs> <laughs> and since then he had – his accuracy has dipped. I mean, from, from what I've watched, you know, I think his a- accuracy goes up and down. I think his decision-making has taken a dip. But if he can improve a little bit and that passing attack can improve a little bit, 
And I think I think because you guys have a pretty good receiving core. So I think you keep yeah. feeding them. I think he improves upon his accuracy. I think Kentucky running has backs a shot. Rodriguez. Run, he's he's we have the leading we have the leading rusher in the SEC too. <laughs> that, that's I mean, insane. The leading receiver and the leading rusher in the SEC. That's yeah. that that that's really impressive, man. I, I can't I lie. Not expect, I did not expect Kentucky to be here, but here they <laughs> are. I told you all. I told you. I was like, dude, we're good this year. Because I remember yeah, like, a lot of people yeah. – well, I remember a lot of people saying last year that Kentucky was going to be good, but they seemed like they were just a piece or two away, and now it feels like they've all put it together. Well, and the thing yeah. about Kentucky is for some whatever reason, Stoops didn't want to miss one single game. So, like, the Alabama game, for example, we were missing 20 players last year. Like, yeah. why he wanted to do that, I don't know. 63 to 3. <laughs> yeah, and we were missing, like, eight starters. And I'm like, oh. dude, you know – I still lost money on the game, but still. <laughs> like, that was silly. But we have a full team this year. And Will Levis, I mean, no, he's not great, but he's the best quarterback we've had in probably I don't know, since, like, Andre Woodson, realistically. That's fair. That's definitely fair. Yeah. And plus, so, I mean, he's someone with a big arm. And I think and he that can matters. run. Yeah, he can so run, too. Did you mm-hmm. see him hurdle with that dude? That was insane. Oh, dude. <laughs> That was crazy. I mean, he has so much athleticism for a quarterback. That's why I do think he still has a pretty high ceiling. Yeah. I just think that his floor is pretty low, and that can be concerning going forward. But, I mean, well, look, look – He ain't played great, and we're undefeated. This is perfect. That means he'll have to come back his senior year. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean, why would he go to the NFL just to get undrafted and end up playing in CFL anyway? I mean, it makes sense for yeah, him to no. come back. Yeah, he can when... come back, do a little Joey Burrow action. <laughs> oh, he might win two great. titles in a row. <laughs> Very hopeful. I love. Hey man, yeah. you're very confident, and very hopeful. But after last Saturday, I mean, I can't really blame you. I mean, you guys yeah. definitely proved your you you proved that you belong in the SEC. You proved you belong yeah. in that conversation of as a top 15 team. And I think you honestly should be ranked in the top 15 because being undefeated in the SEC at this point is very impressive. I mean, being five and zero in the SEC. It's a gauntlet. I mean, going up against Florida is a tough game no matter who plays them. I don't care what year it is. They have those athletes. They have a good coach in Dan Mullen, who I can't stand, but I admit he's a good coach. You know, I mean, Emory Jones isn't the best quarterback in the world, but he's still a four-star recruit. He's still a guy that's great on his feet. So beating being Florida like you did, being 5-0 and in the SEC as you are is still incredibly impressive. So I do think you guys deserve to be in that top 15, top 14. Although I think you guys are, what, 17 right now? Uh, 16. 16. Okay. So you are on that, on that 15 frame. Yeah. I think it's very well, yeah. well deserved. Yeah. So it shows that your, your program's building and the progress has kind of been showing and you got finally getting some results from it. That's a thing, dude. You compared us to all these other SEC teams that come and go, dude, we're just, we've been <laughs> trying to go, dude. We're finally getting there. It's take some time, but dude, I mean, we, we have our best recruiting class we've ever had coming up next year. Right. Things are on the upswing, dude. And, I mean, right now, I'd say Kentucky's the fourth-best team in the SEC, and they might be the third-best team. Because, I mean, after Alabama and Georgia, I would still probably put Ole Miss right there, even though they got blown out. I still think their offense is incredible, and I think they're going to rebound. I think they're going to beat Arkansas pretty handily next week. But other than that, I mean, Kentucky might be that that fourth-best team in the conference. And if they keep winning, they keep doing great things, they could end up being the third-best team. They could end up in the Sugar Bowl. And that's insane to say. But the Kentucky Wildcats could end up in the Sugar Bowl this year. Yeah. I think Is that a CFP Kentucky game? probably the third one. 
Is the Sugar Bowl a college football playoff game? Um, no, it's not. The uh, playoff games <laughs> this year are the Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl. Man, I was, I was like, damn, dude, you're getting above my expectations. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think that those um, SEC playoff spots are etched in stone for Alabama and Georgia. I just if cannot we, see. If we win this week, the game in Georgia is going to be so huge. No, definitely. That's going to be a college game day game. When you think about it, that'll be. Big. It's a 3.30 CBS game. Kentucky it, finally got a CBS game, dude. It's been four years. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be number two against probably number 13 or 14 if you guys beat LSU. I mean, there's obvious, there's an obvious caveat there because LSU is not good this year. But LSU is still LSU. That name carries weight. And if you're able to physically dominate LSU and win the football game, I think you're going to move up some slots. Because like I said a couple weeks ago, if you keep winning, you're going to keep moving up. It doesn't matter who you beat because teams in front of you are going to lose. Like, look at Oregon losing to Stanford. Yeah. I mean, there are some bizarre losses that have been happening, and there's going to be bizarre losses continue <laughs> to happen. So I think teams like Kentucky nah, – now you're good, man. I mean, teams like that, they're going to keep – if you keep winning, you're going to basically move up by default because a lot of the country this year, they're just not looking good. I mean, Did you see all... the list of, like, the guy, like, all the voters where they had us ranked? Um, I saw the list. I didn't. I didn't pay attention to every single team. I just kind of glossed it over and looked for very random like rankings. And like one guy what? had Michigan like seventeenth or eighteenth, which is just bizarre to me because they're obviously <laughs> a top ten team right now. And he also had Iowa like tenth, which was just absolutely weird. bizarre. There to was me. one That's dude weird. that had us ranked seventh. Ooh, and one that, there that was like bold. there was bold. like three people that had us unranked still. Still, on yeah, dude, that's like, insane. Damn, that's just weird. What that's, do we have to do? Yeah, it's weird because, like, like D said earlier, the it's the SEC, so like you're being undefeated in the SEC, like that that carries weight, dude. If we win these next two games and we're not ranked in the top five, I'm gonna have a problem, and I might have to go talk to someone personally. <laughs> well, if you if you beat... speak to the manager, yeah, like <laughs> who runs the NCAA? <laughs> if you beat Georgia. In Athens, I think you're the number one team in the country. I do. As much as I love Bama, I think if you beat Georgia, yeah, the number two that's an team, unbelievably impressive and you've player. already beaten LSU, you've already beaten Florida, I think they'd have to put Kentucky number one in that instance. <laughs> I just do. Because I think that would be by far the most impressive resume. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. But I do think if you're able to pull that off, Kentucky would have <laughs> oh, to be dude. number one. What's crazy is we've beaten three SEC teams in our hardest game this year has been Chattanooga. <laughs> all right and now it's time for our three main takeaways from this past week's nfl action and we're going to kick it off with lucas with this one so lucas what's your first main takeaway first main takeaway i'm gonna shoot us back a little bit in time to thursday night you know not not too recently there's a little bit of a week and you know the thursday night football game featured cincy and jacksonville and i think that you know we finally got Joe Burrow here and he's here in the NFL to stay because we missed him most of last year with an ACL injury and he's been working to come back and uh, you know 12 month surgery or 12 month recovery is normally what it takes he came back in nine and he looked pretty awesome in a primetime game where he had to lead a game-winning drive there you know against Jacksonville who isn't that great but he still had to you know lead the team down and he did so with great poise and looked like, you know, moved around the pocket real well, like kind of the old Joe Burrow that we knew and fell in love with at LSU. And, you know, it, it feels good to see Joe Burrow play good because 
When Joe Burrow's on, he's one of the most confident and fun quarterbacks to watch because he's not like the running type where he's going to run and be everywhere, but like he's one of the most fun passers to watch where he can just see everywhere across the field and his prep work is insane. And he just looked really sharp there and looked really prepared for the moment. And that's kind of been his little thing. He's been, he's been always prepared for the moment. And he came up again there Thursday night for Cincy and, and has them at three and one, which looks very, very suspect. And I wouldn't buy in the Bengals, but Joe Burrow still looked really impressive there on Thursday night. No, absolutely. I mean, 348 yards. I think he had a 78% completion percentage, two touchdowns, uh, 133 quarterback rating. I mean, the dude was on fire, and he's looked great all season long. Um, He had one game with three turnovers, wasn't ideal, but overall he's shown great pocket presence. He's rebounded off that knee surgery impressively. I hate the Bengals, but obviously Burrow has a very bright future, man. It's hard not to root for him. It's hard not to like him. He's has great charisma. He's a great leader of a franchise. And I think he's honestly the brightest spot the Bengals have had since Boomer Esiason. I mean, I think he's <laughs> literally the one gleaming star of hope for that Cincinnati Bengals organization because their offensive line isn't good. Jamar Chase is good. I mean, are Tim we going to put him over Palmer yet? We're I already mean, doing that. I'm not saying he's better than Carson Palmer, but I feel like Carson Palmer is one of those quarterbacks where he had a couple great seasons. He, hey, no, listen, he, he shined <laughs> he in Arizona. He shined in Arizona. He had a couple good seasons in Cincinnati. He truly shined. He had an MVP caliber season in Arizona. But Carson Palmer was one of those quarterbacks where you look at them at the end of their career and you look at their numbers and you say, wow. That guy could have had a Hall of Fame-ish career. You know, that career could be stacked up against some of the greats. But nobody during Carson Palmer's career was saying, wow, Carson Palmer is a great quarterback. Everyone, it's kind of like you look at his he's career really, as a whole. He's always underrated. Well, yeah. his thing is he played for probably three of the worst five organizations during his career. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals, time. Raiders, I think Cardinals. It also comes to the fact, because he, I think when he got out of Cincinnati, it was like a rough breakup. So I think that they ended up like not liking him. And it kind of like puts a, like a bad, a bad taste in their mouths for that whole situation. I mean, like I wasn't a huge there. NFL fan during that period. But I mean, I always hear the year the Steelers tore his ACL, like the first play of the game, like they were the best team in the NFL that year. Yeah. In that playoff game, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking away from Joe Burrow, but to say like this is the best team they've had, I just feel like that's kind of crazy. Well, no, I'm not saying it's the best team. I'm just saying I think Joe Burrow right now is the is the brightest symbol of hope they've had in basically three decades. Like I think he's the most like okay, the Bengals lost the Super Bowl against the 49ers. That's the only time the Cincinnati Bengals have been to the Super Bowl and been truly relevant on that national stage. Yeah, they had a couple good teams with Andy Dalton, but no one really thought of them as, oh, the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. Everyone always had those kind – I mean, they, they, they were never reliable. They would always lose playoff games. They would always choke. They would always come up short. No one ever truly had faith in the Bengals. Carson Palmer had two great seasons in his NFL career. His 2005 seasons, he had 32 touchdowns, 12 picks. Other than that, Lots of interceptions, lots of ups and downs. And obviously, his 2015 season in Arizona, 35 touchdowns, 11 picks. Two great seasons, two MVP caliber seasons. 
So that's kind of where it ends for Carson Palmer. After that, it was a lot of 25 touchdowns, 20 picks, 18 touchdowns, 18 picks, those kinds of seasons. So there was a lot of mediocrity with a cut with a couple great seasons sprinkled in. But I think Burrow has that potential where, oh, he can lead a franchise consistently for years. He can be a franchise cornerstone if they keep him healthy. So that's what I mean. I mean, he's the only guy they've had where it's a, where they're thinking, wow, the Bengals might not actually be an embarrassment for an entire decade. They might actually be a team that can make the playoffs, that can contend based on number nine's production, which I think is going to be very good over the next five to ten years. I just think the major concern is that organization, not him. Yeah, and My this question thing, does are, I was wondering are the Bengals do they have the whole, the longest losing streak like losing in the playoffs like they haven't won like since the early nineties do they hold that record because if so then I mean yeah Joe Burrow I think has a chance to like have you know bring them out of the at least win a wild card game or something if they get there actually the Lions have the longest current losing streak in the okay. playoffs it's that nine. But, I mean, they haven't made the playoffs in years since Matthew Stafford was there back in, I think, 2014, I want to say, was last on the line. They made, made the it the year Calvin re- after Calvin retired. I think that was 2016. If 2016. I guess, okay, okay. So they, they made the playoffs mm-hmm. ca- kind of recently, but they um, have lost nine in a row. So that's the worst. But the Bengals are right up there because, I mean, the Bengals haven't yeah. won a playoff game in Years. I think it's been twenty something years since the Bengals won yeah, a playoff game. So it's bad. Like it's I um I will say this. This isn't one of my takeaways, but we're kind of on this game. The Jaguars have improved vastly from week one. I mean, week one, they were arguably maybe one of the worst teams we've ever seen hit touch a football field. And yeah. they lost on a last second field goal to a three and one team on in the you know, a three and one team on the road with three days of preparation. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, for it's that is a moral victory. And you know, my boy Urban Meyer was out celebrating that. You seen that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, dude, I think. <laughs> go ahead. That right there is going to derail their season. I'm telling you right now. That, <laughs> listen, it might save them because no, it enough. might save hey, them. It'll save them because they'll wife. get him. It'll get him out of Jacksonville even quicker than they were going to fire him. Now, that now, that's now, what that, that helps. Now, that may be true, but like you said, Jackson, they looked their best these past two weeks. I mean, they looked pretty good against the Cardinals, and they showed up, and they almost won that football game against the Bengals. But the way Urban Mile has handle, handled this scandal, the way he was sitting up at the podium, shuffling his feet, twiddling his <laughs> thumbs, looking down like he was a kid that just got tattled on and Listen. was trying to con- like confess to the teacher, it <laughs> was, was pathetic. Like, dude, it was, was so They wanted bad. to get him on the so, dance it was, floor. It was such a terrible look for a leader of men. The uh, NFL coach is oh, a leader on, of dude. men. Listen, you lead your team to victory. It's not that big of a deal. It's a big deal because if you're supposed to be a leader of men, these men are Listen. trusting their careers with you they're trusting their success with you and if you got you a little dotty grinding on you is a big deal they're probably dapping it's, the like, hey, of, hey, it's the lack no, of it's the lack of accountability it's the lack of leadership it's the I lack of standing really up on that podium coach wife. you get her number give her give her number to me I, <laughs> yeah lucas is right in terms of a team aspect i don't think it hurts at all it's now like, it's kind of it's th- embarrassing, but like I mean, they it's in, it's, it's more like, embarrassing for his wife who's posting oh, yeah. pictures of shit she cooked, and people are like, "Oh, honey, you don't know, oh. do you?" 
And then, then it is like, you think his players cared that their coach is getting grinded on no, at a club? It's not. It's not that. It's that the way he handled it. I think that when you're the leader of men, when you're in a locker room like that, like you're supposed to be putting on a very, you know, like a brave face. You're supposed to be the leader. You're supposed to have that accountability. You're supposed to have a good culture. When there's a lot of locker room distraction like that, you're in social media. When Urban's handling it as poorly as he has, trying to explain what was happening, which didn't even make sense because his wife was at home babysitting. How was they all out to dinner? And then he just got whisked away to the bar and was dancing. I mean, that, that his whole they explanation. They wanted him on the dance floor. Here's the deal. On, man. <laughs> Urban, he was just trying to Urban chill. Urban is a lot of things. You know, we can say he's one of the – can I say he's one of the greatest college coaches of all time? I'd put him in the top ten. So, okay. I mean, that's fair. So, yeah, he's one of them. In terms of being self-aware, he's one of the worst in the history of human beings. <laughs> no, absolutely. He, we can go yeah. back to the uh, assistant beating his wife and Urban being like, oh, well, I mean, it wasn't a football thing. <laughs> <laughs> we can go back to hiring some dude to, like, beat players and call them the hard R. You look at the like, Florida team, the entire the, yeah, the entire he had, he had Riley Cooper, Aaron Hernandez, and Percy Harvin, and Tim Tebow all on the same team. <laughs> and there were two. Who were the two brothers on the team? Um, oh, Pouncey brothers. Yeah, they like covered up a murder or something. Like the whole I'm, morals are not the highest on Urban's uh, standards. Urban is kind of like low key. He's like the Jerry Jones with responsibility. Like, dude, you remember that joke? Like. Anytime some player beat their wife, they're like, oh, he's going to be a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's – Urban just is like, oh, I didn't know you all cared about that. Like, Urban still thinks it's 2001 and he's coaching. Like, that's the world he thinks he lives in. He has no self-awareness for the times. But in terms yeah. of, like, do I think it will hurt the team? No. I don't think the players look at him any differently. Like, they probably think it's funny. And they probably knew – you know, they're around him every day. They probably think he's, you know, a bit of a horn dog. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't, and the team's, I mean, the team's already bad. Vastly. The team's already bad. So, it's kind of like the expectations aren't high. They're just trying to get better every week. Like, it's, yeah. If they were a contender, then that might be a little bit of a distraction. But they're just trying to, they're just trying to look a little bit better every week. And they are. Last point I'm going to make about it is I'm not saying his actions are what's going to ha- like have a negative effect on the team, but I think the lack of accountability mixed in with the distraction just isn't good for a young team that's trying to get their footing, that's improving every week, that's an underdog, that isn't getting a lot of media press. Because, I mean, at first, everyone was talking about Trevor, everyone was talking about Urban. That all cooled off. But now they're in the news again. It's kind of slimy. It's kind of greasy. It doesn't look too good. He doesn't look mature. He doesn't look good. So I do think that that is going to have a little bit of a negative effect on the football team, just as they're trying to go week by week, trying to get wins, trying to, you know, establish themselves as not the worst team in the league, you know, trying to win three or four games, trying to be at least respectable. I just think that any that kind of press is not the kind of press you want to have on your team when you're trying to improve. Literally, I thought Trevor cussing after his touchdown was worse on his image than what happened to Urban this weekend. <laughs> well, worse on Did you his see that? Image. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean that that but worse on maybe Trevor's image, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like that made me when I seen that, I was like, oh, that's not that's not a good look for Trevor because Trevor goes off is the family oriented, He's a golden boy, Christian Republican Looks like Jesus. boy. Yes, you know yeah. he's married. You know, and then that aside, your first touchdown—that's how you act. Like your I'm, first rushing touchdown in the NFL, you're like, oh, off me, bro. 
What? <laughs> I'm I, I I like that edge though. Like that that's kind of something Mac Jones would do. I, I I like that edge. I just don't think it fits Trevor. Now speaking of Mac Jones, I'm <coughs> gonna get to my oh. first takeaway. Mac Jones is not only the best rookie quarterback in the league. I already predicted that, and it's true. He's not only the man. He's not only that dude. He's not only that guy in New England. He is the future in Foxborough. He stepped up on the second most watched Sunday night football game in NFL history, and he outplayed the GOAT. He outplayed Tom Brady in the biggest stage, the biggest regular season stage we have ever seen. Mac Jones stepped up. He had two touchdowns. He had one pick that should have been a catch and went off the receiver's hands. Okay. He had 77% completion percentage, 275 yards, a 101 passer rating compared to Brady's 70.8 passer rating. Brady only completed 51% of his passes and only had 269 yards. So if my stats are correct, which they are, Mac had more touchdowns. He had more yards. He had a much higher completion percentage and a 30-point higher passer rating. He outplayed him with much worse receivers, a worse offensive line, in terrible conditions. It was pouring down rain in Foxborough. Mac Jones stepped up. He played a great game. That loss is on Bill Belichick entirely for not going for it on fourth and three, attempting a 57-yard field goal, which was a boneheaded, stupid decision by the greatest coach we've ever seen. I am baffled that he would make that decision. I think it is awful. I think it is disrespectful to Mac Jones. I think you've got to trust your rookie there. He was playing the best game of his career. He was playing unstoppable football, and you took the ball out of his hands to try that 57-yarder in terrible conditions. It was a bad decision. It was a bad loss for the Patriots because they should have beaten the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers didn't even play well in that game. But Mac Jones proved that he is the future in Foxborough. He is the future in New England. He is the best rookie quarterback. He balled out, and he outplayed the GOAT. Well, One and I three. Can t- <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can tell you why he played. I'll play the goat. The goat was coming back to a place that he had built for twenty years. I do you don't uh, think the nerves, the nerves uh, were nerves, a little bit there. Nerves. This is the guy that's played in like eleven Super Bowls. I don't think I want to hear about nerves. Okay, uh, I, think, I don't want to hear it about just hit nerves. a little different. I think it just hit a little bit different. And I mean, let's be honest. Antonio Brown dropped a touchdown that should have ended that game easily. Tom Brady also didn't have his favorite target. Yeah, like I think the the conditions. Gronk's were just, not his like, favorite target. I mean, Gronk, Gronk is his favorite. Shut up. Yeah, yeah that's no. a security blanket. I mean, look, look at Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They carry that team basically. There's a every better week. targets. They're the better, but they're not like who he prefers to go to. Okay, maybe in the red zone he prefers to go to Gronk, but he knows between the twenties. I mean, you're going to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans more often than you're not. So. I think I would say those are his favorite targets in Tampa Bay because he goes to them more often. They're by far the best receivers on Tampa Bay, and they both command the lion's share of the targets. So I think as long as you have those two guys with Antonio Brown, with Cameron Brate, you're, you're, you should be doing a lot better than putting up 19 points. But regardless. On... And well, Bill Belichick Patriots... knows Tom Brady more than anyone could ever know anyone. Yeah, like it was any like Bill said. He was like, I mean, I've seen him at practice for 20 years. Regardless, that's neither here nor there. Um, the Patriots played great. Matt did good. I'm not talking bad. I was just kind of giving you j- – <laughs> I just think that, I mean, 
yeah, so far he's had the best rookie season of a quarterback. But, I mean, he's definitely in a better situation as well. So, I don't think that says – The class has not been good. (laughs) I don't think he's the best – I don't think that says he's the best quarterback going forward yet. But in terms of this year, yeah. He he was really impressive though. I'll give you that. He he did play really well, and I mean that's about if you wanted like about as much from Mac Jones as you could that game. That was about all you could ask for. He he did everything you could imagine he could do to win that game at least. But like Zach Wilson played great this past weekend. Yeah, I Trevor think every- played good Thursday. I mean the thing yeah. the difference is is Zach and Trevor being forced to throw the ball fifty times a game, so they're getting inflated numbers everywhere. I mean, they're averaging like two interceptions a game and like 300 yards. So I think if the Patriots don't improve their record, which is one and three right now, and they haven't had an easy schedule, if they don't improve their record, you know, when you get to the end of the year, you have guys like Trevor and Zach, who's probably going to have four or five, like eight or nine more touchdowns and also like, maybe up to a thousand more yards, I would say they might end up stealing the award if they're within a game or two of the Patriots, the rookie of the year award. I think right now you got to look at Najee Harris for that rookie of the year award because he has the most scrimmage guards of the rookies and he's been formidable as a receiver. I mean, you can't really take his rushing stats into account. I thought Rondell had more. Um, No, right now Najee leads all purpose yards for um, all the rookies. He's been just killing it as a receiver. He had a really good game on um, Sunday. I mean, honestly, as a rusher, 15 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. He did his thing, although we look like trash. It's weird. It's weird. I have to, like, take your word for it because I haven't seen anything about him besides the stiff arm on the Raiders player. I I haven't heard about him. I haven't seen any Najee things. I've seen Jamar Chase. I've seen some Devontae Jamar Chase might be a good one. Yeah, Jamar. Jamar What about Rondell? You heard about Rondell? I've seen, like, I saw the big pass from Rondell. That's just, it feels like that, um, the wide receiver corpse is just so big that it's, like, kind of hard for him to break apart. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, dude. Well, hold up. (laughs) If you want to talk about that receiving core real quick, why don't we just talk about them being the best team in the NFL right now? Mm-hmm. Huh? Do we want to go there? I mean, last week we That's all unanimously fair. thought the Rams were. And even I was like, yeah, dude, you know, they're probably the best. Because, you know, we struggled with a Minnesota team. Well, not struggled. We put up 40 points. We struggled with early with a Jacksonville team. And then we just come in mollywop Los Angeles in L.A., dude. What? Mm-hmm. Kyler, incredible. The defense, incredible. I mean, I don't know, man. Are the Raiders going to lose tonight? I mean, they're they're down twenty one fourteen going in the fourth quarter. They've kind of made a little comeback. It was twenty one nothing Chargers, but we're about to go in the fourth quarter, so it could go well, either sounds way. Sounds like they're going to win based on the Chargers' history. So I don't know, <laughs> but chances are we're probably going to be the last undefeated team in the NFL, and I don't think it's a Ooh. fluke by no means. I, I, I do okay. agree. I think you guys right now are the best team in the NFL just because your defense and your offense are both so good. I think Kyler's having an MVP caliber season. I think on defense, Chandler Jones is having a defensive player of the year caliber season. I think you guys are dominant 
basically in all of your um, position groups. I think your running backs have been great. Your receivers have been great. Obviously, Kyler's been great. Your offensive and defensive lines have both been really good. Your secondary's played well. I think the linebacker group has played well. I think you guys have put together the most complete season of any NFL team so far, and I think it's incredibly impressive. I mean, going against the Rams and dominating them in every facet of the game, looking like the better team from the first whistle to the last, is incredibly impressive. And I think Cliff Kingsbury right now has to be in the driver's seat for coach of the year. And I know that's going to drive yeah. you crazy. <laughs> it really, it's Shut really up. funny. It's really Shut funny up. how we were talking about him before the season <laughs> and where we are now. No, he still sucks, dude. <laughs> how can you say that when he has the best team in the NFL right now? That he's Kyler's up? carrying it. Kyler has the best team. <laughs> All right, look, Cliff has been okay this year. He's been okay. Kyler, I'm just Kyler gets not... coach of the year. <laughs> dude, he deserves it, dude. Player coach of the year. He reminds me of LeBron, honestly. But it's like, so after what he did last year, I'll never forgive him. I'll never forgive him. Yeah, if you win a Super Bowl, you'll you're have not your guard. Him. Okay, yeah. If we, if we win a Super Bowl, I'll I won't hate him no more. You'll forgive him, but you'll have your guard up. You'll be a little bit like, oh. Yeah, dude. If we start yeah. one and two after a Super Bowl, get his ass out. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, his his game management has been better this year. We hired an offensive court. Uh, and we hadn't had an offensive coordinator for three years. So, we hired an all, some guy to help him put, make play calls this year, which is good. Um, I'm still not in love with his play calling, but it's a lot better. Yeah. It's not like last year, dude, which was the most atrocious thing I've seen in my entire life. <laughs> now, you, mean, you, didn't, you didn't watch Randy Fickner call plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers if you think you had the worst play calling. I will you tell you Dirk, You didn't see Dirk Cutter call plays. Dude, he, he's like a domestic terrorist sometimes. <laughs> like, I felt that. Dude, last year when we were down, eight, we were down nine points, three yeah. minutes in the fourth quarter, we have to win and go to the playoffs. We lose, we're out. We win, we're in. That's the situation. It's third and 18. Kyler just came in the game in fourth quarter because he hurt his leg in the first play of the game. And he runs an option play with Kyler running. <laughs> I, I just wanted to, you know, commit suicide. But <laughs> luckily I didn't. And, you know, now we're here. However, he's been better this year, but no, I'm not giving him coach of the year. He don't deserve it. I got a little bit of a question. If let's say the Cardinals like win next week and they're sitting at five and zero, oh, do you have like a little bit of a worry that things could come like crashing down? Do I? Is yeah? Is there any like little shred of doubt? Like oh, this outside could be of a little injury? bit of a fluky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, because here's the deal. I had us going 13 and three this season. I had us two and two right now. When I made my like predictions before the year started, I had us sitting at two and two right now. The schedule, like, dude, in the upcoming weeks, we have the Niners, the Niners, the Packers, and the Browns. In the next four weeks, those are three of our games. So I figured mm. we would – I just went – I don't know. In this division, I was like, okay, I made us go four and two. I figured we'd beat Seattle every time because Kyler owns Russell. So I had us going four and two, and I just figured we'd split with the Niners and Rams. So 
Yeah, dude. If we can if we can make it through this stretch at I believe that's four games. So the next four games are Niners, Packers, Browns, and Texans. That's four more games. If we can make it up the stretch six and two, seven and one, I'll I mean, I I'll be very happy. You'd be placing your Super Bowl bets at that point. <laughs> Done did. I probably already should have, dude. The line's probably getting a lot oh, worse yeah. now. Oh yeah, probably been really good. Like after, like or before this game this week. Yeah, dude, it'd been great. I should have done it during halftime of the Jacksonville game. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but man, honestly, like I said, I feel like you guys do have the most complete team. And if you're able to go six and two or seven and one through your first eight games to that gauntlet of really good teams, I think you got to look at it as the favorites in the NFC. I mean, I think you got to look at it as a better team than Tampa Bay. And that I seems think crazy we're to say. better than Tampa. I don't know about Los Angeles, though, for real. Yeah, I mean, the Rams, that Rams game could have been a fluke, but I don't know. I mean, you guys because dominated here's the them. Here's the deal. And I know you're all going to, you know, I just, you're all going to react worse than what I do with PFF. <laughs> Skip Bayless made a really good point today. I broke the clocks right twice a day. So, he said, you know. the, he said yeah. I knew Arizona would win, not because I love Kyler Murray, but because last week was the Rams' Super Bowl. The way that Sean McVay was acting at halftime when he had the lead, like cheering and stuff, like it was the middle of a Super Bowl game. He yeah. said, when in reality it was week three, he said, I knew they were up too high after their win last week to play Arizona. And yeah. I was like, dang, man, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. No, so, that actually does make sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. So, do I think overall we're better than L.A.? I mean, I have thought that, but I don't think we're 17 points better, no. I would agree. I think right now yeah. the Rams are the second best team in the NFC, and I do think that they're a team that could still very well win the Super Bowl or win the NFC at least, but – Right now, I mean, the Cardinals did dominate them in every facet of the game. And right now, I would say Kyler Murray brings – he brings a true dual-threat presence in that he can run it like Lamar and he can throw it almost like Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's very rare in that he can beat you 50 yards downfield or he can break it for a 20-yard run. We really don't have another quarterback in the league like that other than Josh Allen, and Josh Allen doesn't have wheels like Kyler Murray. So as long no. as Kyler stays healthy and your defense is playing as great as it is right now, I think you got to be the favorites in the NFC because Kyler's greatness mixed with that big, bad defense, mixed with a good receiving core, and James Conner's playing great. Edmonds is playing really well. I think, like I said, you guys could very well win the NFC or win the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. dude. I'll cry. I'll cry. <laughs> if we win a Super Bowl, I'm telling you right now, I will cry my eyes out. Like a baby. I would I would love to see it for you, man. If the Steelers and the Dolphins yeah. or Steelers couldn't win it, which they're not gonna win it, and the Dolphins couldn't win it for Tua, you know. <laughs> like Assuming. Lucas, would you cry if you all like just thinking of you all winning a Super Bowl? Uh, would you cry? If I feel like if any of my sports teams win, I I will cry. It will be it'll be very emotional for any any um, one of them. I wouldn't with the Clippers. I don't think I would with any of them but Arizona. Even the Kentucky Wildcats winning a national championship in in football? Maybe. Maybe. That would be surreal. But, like, basketball, (laughs) I've seen it happen before. 
Yeah, okay. It would be lit, but I don't think I would cry because it's kind of like, I mean, even though we don't, but we're expect expecting to win it every year. Like we don't, but like our expectations every year is national championship. Yeah, that's the thing, fair. The thing with my teams is obviously they haven't won it, but it's also like I get like really like I, among like any of these runs, I get really super like invested because like I'm not even a huge like I obviously I put the Braves as like probably my last team. But, like, now that they're in the playoffs, it's been a long season for them. Like, if they win it, it would just be unbelievable. It's like you just – for some of those players that you know what they've been through, like, it's just – Oh, yeah, it dude, feels, I'm a Braves like, it's just fan, a cool and I didn't story. know that playoffs was starting in baseball until you just mentioned <laughs> that. Hey, Friday, get ready. Get ready to watch oh, dude, I'll wear my Braves hat <laughs> to work. Yeah. Yeah, no, just any of them would make me, like uh, – because this is the journey, too. Yeah. Okay, so as we were talking about the Cardinals, you know, and the Rams and the other NFC teams, uh, the one team we mentioned, the Bucks, did not look fantastic on Sunday. And they haven't looked really, I'd say, truly dominant in any of their games this season. Even against Atlanta, it was close for a second. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah, dude. For a second. For a second. Yeah. Don't forget. For first opening kickoff, first quarter, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even for a little bit. So. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. It started zero zero. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it was everyone was tied. It was a tied game. Yeah, <laughs> never forget. Yeah, <laughs> we kind of talked about it, or like kind of like in our previews. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers kind of like sleepwalking through the year because I mean they are vets and they did just win the Super Bowl, but they look especially like uninspiring, like to even like go win the Super Bowl this year. Like that game, it was a really emotional game for a quarterback, but the rest of the team should have been ready. Like, you know, they should have looked a lot better than what they did. And in an NFC where you have the Cardinals looking really excited and, you know, could look like they could really give you some trouble, and the Rams already did give you trouble, you know, the Packers, I mean, can't count out Aaron Rodgers. You know, he'll be looking for revenge for that NFC championship. You know, it just oh, seems I'll like. Count him out, dude. <laughs> I know you will. I know someone else won't, but you know, it's oh, just yeah. that bad man. <laughs> man. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just I just seeing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's just I don't have a good feeling about them. Like because I mean I feel like turning the switch on and off is really difficult. And I know if there's a team that can do it and a quarterback that can do it, it's Tom Brady. But right now, I just it does not look fantastic. The only thing that looks consistent week in and week out is their run defense. And I mean, other than that, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag of what you'll get with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh well, I will say, we did our uh, preseason power rankings, and I think I had the Bucks as like the tenth or eleventh best team. And you all were like, "Oh, dude, you're crazy." And I was like, no, 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 no. Just trust me, dude. (laughs) And clearly I was right, per usual. However, dude, (laughs) I will say this. Their secondary's hurt. I mean, they picked up Richard Sherman off the street and started him. He hadn't even – dude, I don't even know if he was fitting in his Mm. actual uniform yet. It had been like two (laughs) or three days. (laughs) So they're not healthy. They'll definitely be better. And and this is kind of like a Tom Brady thing in general. I mean, I feel like the past 10 years he started three and two. 
Like even in New yeah. England, like they start in every year. It was like, you know, is this the year they fall off? And then they go on a crazy run. Yeah. So that's just kind of a Patriots thing and or not Patriots, just a Tom Brady thing in general. And it happened last year. I mean, last year they weren't great at the beginning of the season by no means. Yeah, I mean, New Orleans dominated them in the first week of the season. Yeah, like they they snuck in as a wild card. So I think they'll be fine. I definitely think they're, they shouldn't have any problem making the playoffs and winning that division, and they'll get better. But currently right now, no, I don't. I mean, they definitely have some issues. The thing is – Last year, I mean, you didn't really know what to expect of it from them, and the rest of the NFC, I don't think was as strong as it is this year. I feel like it's, I feel like the like the conference as a whole has kind of picked it up because I think obviously you see the Cardinals are better, the Rams are better, you know, San Francisco's not as hurt, Seattle's still Seattle. I think there's just certain elements of the conference that are just kind of better than what they were last year, where they can't. I don't think they can really afford to kind of go through the motions. Yeah. I agree that there are some chinks in the armor for the Buccaneers. And I agree that they're not the favorites to win the Super Bowl right now. They're not even the favorites to win the NFC right now because I think they're looking up to the Cardinals. They're looking up to the Packers. They're looking up to the Rams. And they're looking up to the Dallas Cowboys. But a couple weeks ago on this show, I stated that the Buccaneers could go 15 and 2. They could go, you know, 14 and 3. They could very well and very easily be the first seed in the NFC. And I still stick by that because looking at their schedule, upcoming games, they play the Miami Dolphins, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Chicago Bears, the New Orleans Saints, the Washington football team, the New York Giants, the Indianapolis Colts, the Atlanta Falcons, the Bills, which will be a great showdown, the Saints, the Panthers twice, and the Jets. Now, if that isn't the easiest schedule (laughs) – that any team has remaining, you got to show me one because that schedule is easy as hell. And I expect them to roll through it because a lot of these games, the Dolphins at home, Chicago at home, the Giants at home, it's easy. And I fully expect the Buccaneers to at least win 13 or 14 games, even with their inconsistencies, even with being, you know, a team that looks good, not great. I think with Tom Brady, with that defense, with Bruce Arians, let the secondary get better. You know, you still got the best receiving core in the league. You got two really good running backs in that backfield. You got Giovanni Bernard coming back off injury, who can be really good catching passes out of the backfield. Really good Swiss Army knife of a weapon. Very underrated. I think the Bucs will be just fine. You know, I really hope they don't win the Super Bowl again. I would hate to see Brady get an eighth. I don't think they will. But they're not a team to count out, especially not at this point, because although they do look like there are some pretty big chinks in the armor, they have an easy schedule, they have the GOAT, and they have a great all-around team with 22 returning starters and great depth. So they're not a team that I would count out by any means. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't even think they make it back to the NFC Championship. Mm. Oh, but I could see it. Um, yeah, they're it was too early. To, that's as of right now. In like ten weeks, I might be having a different feeling about it. <laughs> now switching gears from the NFC to the AFC, I was watching the Bills yesterday, and I said, "Wow, 
this might be the best team in the AFC. But then I was also watching the Chiefs, and I said, man, they've rebounded incredibly. They might be the best team in the AFC. And now I'm watching the Chargers, looking how they're putting together an all-around complete football team. And I'm saying, wow, with a win over the Chiefs last week, they might improve to 3-1 and one with a win over the Raiders, and they might be the best team in the AFC. But I'm here to tell you that right now, there is a three-way tie for the best team in the AFC, and the AFC is turning into a three-horse race between the Bills, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. The Bills have outscored opponents 134-44 to this year with two shutouts. Now, they have played Miami, Washington, and Houston, which definitely helps with that. But winning by an average of 33-11 to is incredibly impressive nonetheless. The Chargers barely lost to the Cowboys. The Chargers beat the Chiefs. They outplayed them for the entirety of that game. Justin Herbert looks incredible. Brandon Stanley, as I predicted, is one of the front runners for Coach of the Year. They're a great football team. They have a great defense. They have a great offense. They're well coached. They look primed to take that next step. And finally, the Chiefs are still a great team, man. I don't care what anyone says. The Kansas City Chiefs are still one of the Super Bowl favorites, and they proved that against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. They went out there and played a great offensive performance. Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, three touchdowns. It looked like the old Kansas City offense back and fired up. And that Eagles team, they're probably the best one and three team in the NFL. Jalen Hurts is playing great, okay? (laughs) The Philadelphia Eagles are a pretty darn solid team for being one and three. And the Eagles went out there. or I'm sorry. the, the The Chiefs went out there, and they did their thing. They won the football game. They're back. They shouldn't have lost to the Ravens. The only legit loss the Chiefs have this year is to the Chargers, who are tied with them, in my opinion, for the best team in the AFC along with the Bills. So the Chargers are elite. The Chargers are a top five, top six team in the NFL. The Chargers are a team that could win the Super Bowl. So losing a game 30-24 to to one of the best teams in the NFL isn't anything to turn your nose up at. Period. They lost to the Ravens because of a fumble. Okay, So the Chiefs are still an elite team. The Chiefs are still... A Super Bowl contender, period. Are you done? I'm done for now. I'll, I'll give okay. the floor to you. First of all, that was stupid. The Eagles are not the best one and three team in the league. They're one it's of a funny, them. It's a funny they're one of them. put on they're their not, team, too. Okay. Do you think they're better than the Patriots? <laughs> Do you think they're better than the Patriots, Brendan? Yes or no? I'll say no. Okay. Do you think they're better than the Colts? Yes. As an overall team, I do. I think they are. Right now, okay. I would take the Eagles to beat the Colts any day. Of the week, all right, what about the year. Vikings? That's that that that's hard. I I, I would. It's really not. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think the Eagles are still one of the worst teams in the league. I don't. I think I don't. I think the Patriots are probably about the 18th, 19th best team in the league. Look, coats are coats a little lower than that, and I would have the Vikings a little higher than that. The Eagles were in very competitive games with the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. They lost 17 to 11. And the 49ers are two and two. And the 49ers are a really good team, even being two and two. Okay. They lost to Dallas 41 21, but Dallas is one of the best teams in the NFL this year. So, I mean, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles resume, they beat the Falcons 42 32 to six. 
they look like a really good team despite being one and three. They look like a team that could win six, seven, eight games despite being one and three. I think they're right pretty much equal with the Vikings. I think the Patriots are a little bit better. I think they're better than the Colts. I think they are one of the best three and one, one and three teams, excuse me, teams in the NFL. And I, I think they're, like I said, I think they're a pretty darn solid football team. Also, um, while I agree with you about the Bills being great and that there being a three-team race, I would, you know, we can just already go ahead and get my second point out of the way because I'll just go on and say it now. We can just mesh them together. Okay. I think mm-hmm. it's the Bills, okay, the Chargers, and the Browns. Oh, I think come the Browns. On. I don't think the Chiefs, oh, wow. the Chiefs beat the Browns. Week one. Week one. Week one is a different story than the whole season. Week one, dude. I mean, oh I, yeah, your mighty Browns beating the Vikings fourteen to seven. Oh, that Baker Mayfield playing like garbage. These are the same Vikings that put up forty on the Cardinals, who you were just saying is great, and they should have beat the Cardinals. You were saying the Cardinals were the best team in the NFL, and they should have beat them if they didn't miss a thirty-yard field goal. Like and you can say, oh, they beat the Brown- they beat the Browns week one. Do you want to talk about what the Saints did to the Packers in week one? And you were saying, oh, it's just week one. R E L A X. So let's keep the same energy. Here. <laughs> let's keep the same energy. The Browns have beaten really good teams, and they're dealing with injuries right now. They just keep winning, and they're not getting the attention of other teams. They're kind of flying under the radar right now. The Browns are legit. Did you just say the Browns have beaten really good teams? They've beaten the Houston Texans, the Chicago Bears, and the Minnesota Vikings. They only beat the Texans 31 to 21. They beat the Chicago Bears 26 to 6 when Justin Fields probably walked into the worst game plan we've ever seen in an NFL game. And they beat the Vikings 14 to 7. A game where Baker Mayfield went 15 to 33 with 155 yards against the mediocre defense. That's straight up pathetic. I didn't okay? say he played, and I'm, I he haven't played watched. a god off football been, game. I literally said they're mm. the best team in the AFC last week, and not once have I said I think Baker is an elite quarterback. I think Baker is good enough to win a Super Bowl with absolutely, and I think they could represent the AFC this year. I really do, because although you're talking about the Bills. You know, one of the things, and this is, a, this is a serious football concern, okay? One of the reasons there's not a lot of left, left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL is because of what happened in that game. It's a, you have to completely readjust your offensive line when you go from left to right throwing quarterbacks because of the blind side. I mean, it's a completely different setup. You go from, you know, you're switching which side protects the blind side. So right. that's one of the reasons I think Jacoby struggled so much that first game. And also is one of the I, – I don't understand how Nick Saban won a national championship switching out Jalen for Tua. Like, I, I can't comprehend how that happened. Because, because Tua was a much better college quarterback, and he might be better if he wasn't suffering from injuries and didn't have I'm a saying because of the line. line. I'm saying because of, like – adjusting the line in halftime yeah. of a national championship game. I'm not 
debating whether he was a great college quarterback or not. Okay, yeah, okay, that's fair. You know, I'm absolutely. more giving credit to Saban, dude. You don't have to be so defensive. <laughs> hey, no, time, no, you, no, you're right. You're right. That's a really good so, point because I remember Saban actually talking after that national championship and saying the transition to a left-handed quarterback that following season was incredibly hard because through training camp, as through you know spring practices, it was very hard for them to adjust to having that lefty quarterback. It was really hard for the receivers to adjust to the left-handed spiral. It was very hard for the offensive line, like you're alluding to, adjusting to blocking for a left-handed quarterback. So it's yeah, incredible change, like, that – legs and play action. Exactly. So it was really incredible that in that second half against Georgia, Bama adjusted <clears throat> so seamlessly to Tua when it was very hard for them to do that in the following offseason. So that's yes. a very good point. So with that being said, that happened in, in – that Miami game, I mean, I'm not saying it's a fluke victory because they're definitely better in Miami, but that, the Texans, and who else did they beat? The Reds, the, the football team. So, like, they're great. They've demolished teams, but they haven't beaten anyone too impressive to me yet. Yeah. No disres- And they lost to the Steelers, which no disrespect, dude. I mean, that was week one, so I'm not going to overreact, but that's insane. No, that's probably the most um, mind-boggling and baffling win of the NFL season because, man, we stink. We are (laughs) terrible. I had so much hope when we scored that opening touchdown, and the refs did hoe us on that Minka block field goal. That was awful. But that was literally the only two good plays of the entire afternoon for us. I swear to God. I remember the text you said. It was like, I guess I had to be – because I was at work. It had to be right, right after the touchdown. You said Steelers. Oh my gosh, we're back. We're contenders or something like that. Dude, I don't know I what was, I was a little drunk off hope, man. I, I was a little happy when I saw that long touchdown. I thought vintage Ben was back, but then Ben looked like oh a gosh. homeless 50-year-old that suited so up in bad. his uniform, man. It was terrible. Like, we are just a bad football team right now. There's no you excuse guys, for it. Lucas, I don't know what your old group is like, but surely someone put him in his place as soon as he sent oh, that message. It's, I mean, it's it's like we just know that it's always going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, when it comes dude, to I me and the Steelers, like, it's always going to come out. It's always yeah. going to come out. But yeah, yeah no, dude. someone tells us to shut up, and we just kind of <laughs> back move to on. a relevant team like the Browns. I think you know them and the Bills haven't beaten anyone too impressive, but you know they're still winning NFL games, and they're four and zero, or they're not four and zero, but they're three and one. But they lost to the Chiefs in a game they probably should have won. So I think they're up there. You know, Jarvis is a crucial part of that offense. Like I said, I'm not saying he's better than Odell, but he's more important to the Browns than Odell is. So I still have them up there, and the Chargers are playing great. They're, you know, outside of Arizona, the Rams, and Buffalo, I don't think you can say there's a more complete team other than the Chargers on both sides of the ball. I mean, their line goods game – or their line good. Their line game is good, <laughs> offensive and defensive. Quarterback's great. Wide receiving core is looking great. You know, on the defensive side, you got Joey Bosa on that line. Kenneth Murray has been playing great. He's a little hurt, but he's been playing great. Derwin's been Jane, Derwin is balling yeah. out right now. Your most overrated enough. player. Dude, I never <laughs> said he was bad. Yeah, I just, just said uh... he was overrated, and he was. I don't care what you say, he was. 
he's he's kind of climbing back up to that rating right now. Yeah, so he's, he's just playing. Take that probably no, just he's a, he's game. above where they put him. But still, dude, the fact that he hadn't played in two years and they're like, oh yeah, he's still better than Kyler Murray was just unfair. Whether it's true or not, it was unfair. Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna kind of piggyback off both y'all's points. We're gonna mix all three. My little my like third takeaway, mm-hmm. going back to the Browns was. I think Baker Mayfield because I feel like there. I had like a little bit of a feeling that if Baker Mayfield played average with this Browns team, that they could make a deep run. But the performance on Sunday that showed me that he has to play, he has to play above that. Like he has to play well above average for them to win more than a like a first round playoff game. Like they gotta, he has to really pick it up and clean it up and kind of. I guess you could also say Odell coming back kind of might have threw a monkey wrench into things because you kind of have to change things up from what they had. But they got to kind of they got to figure out some sort of chemistry there, and Baker Mayfield has to play like above average if he wants to lead the Browns to anywhere more than the wild card weekend on Saturday or something. You know, he's got to be a lot more sharp than what he showed against Minnesota, who. Frankly, we've had we've been saying they have a great offense, but their defense is oof, the secondary is not good for Minnesota at all. So he has to play better if they want to do anything. If they have bigger goals and aspirations than they did last year, yeah, he has to look a lot sharper in general. I mean, he only has two touchdown passes through four games this year, and he looked downright putrid against the Vikings. There's no other way to put it. And if you're going to win the AFC, you got to go through Patrick Mahomes. You got to go through Lamar Jackson. You got to go through Justin Herbert. You got to go through Josh Allen. You got to go through a lot of these elite quarterbacks. And if Baker Mayfield can't win a shootout against Justin Herbert, can't win a shootout against Patrick Mahomes, I don't think the Browns are going to go anywhere. Because at the end of the day, in this in this 2021 AFC, where you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Justin Herbert, you got Lamar Jackson, you got to step up. And you got to play dominant football. And if Baker Mayfield can't do that, I don't think that they can just rely on their amazing running attack to win the AFC, to win the Super Bowl. I think Baker Mayfield is going to have to step up and win a shootout. He is going to have to step up and get the ball to Odell, get the ball to Jarvis. He's going to have to step up and be the quarterback they draft him to be number one overall. And he's shown flashes. He's had some really good seasons. He had a great season last year. But he hasn't stepped up and been that number one pick yet. So this is the perfect opportunity coming forth. You know, we're kind of about a quarter way through the season. You know, Baker Mayfield has got to start stepping up. He's got to start improving. And he's got to start looking like that number one overall pick for the Browns to truly have a Super Bowl chance. Because that's the main reason I have him outside my top three. I don't think they're in that three-horse race is because I don't think Baker Mayfield can step up and beat the Chargers, beat the Chiefs, or beat the Bills. Because those other three quarterbacks on the on that other sideline are head and shoulders above him right now. And they're probably the league's leading three of the four MVP candidates. I wouldn't go that far. But I do think that they can. I think they can. I mean, I'm just a big believer in this team. I, 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 I kind of said all I need to say. I, I mean, and the thing about Baker is he plays better in big games. Mm-hmm. Like the Chiefs game, he played great. Both playoff games last year, he played great. I mean, it seems like he's the opposite of Kirk Cousins. Like, he plays great in primetime games. So, 
I mean, when it comes playoff time, I'm not really concerned with Baker losing them the game in that situation. I think he does enough to win. I think it's one of those where I don't fear him, like, losing them the game. I fear him not doing enough to win them the game. You know, like, I like because, you know, there's a couple of play Like, if he throw, I don't think he'll throw INTs. I just don't think he'll throw, let's say it's a third and seven, and they're on the road in Buffalo. He needs to get the first down in order to put them in field goal range. And although, like, you could say he probably played great up until that moment. I mean, I don't know if he's a, like, I just – that's somewhere where I would worry. I don't feel supremely confident in him getting a first down in that crucial of a spot there. Not yet, at least. I think he can. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. Hell, I don't even know if he's top 15. But I do think he is competent and capable enough to win a Super Bowl with that team. We've seen it happen many times before that uh, with quarterbacks worse than him win a Super Bowl on probably lesser teams. I could see that. That's true. I mean, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, for Christ's sakes. So if Trent Dilfer can win a Super Bowl, I mean, would you take him over Eli? I mean, I I don't. (laughs) I mean,. Yeah, I probably would, but it's a different era, so it's kind of hard to say. Like, if Eli and his prime would have looked a lot like Baker. This might be, like, a a really hot take. I'd probably take him. I'd take him over Joe Flacco for that Ravens team. Ooh, I don't know about that. Nah, Joe Joe, Joe was on fire. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, that might just That playoff run, Joe was incredible. And Eli was good, too, but Joe was even pretty – Joe was solid. Yeah, I, uh, Joe yeah, was better for that I'm playoff like a Joe run. Joe Flacco hater, probably. <laughs> I hate Joe Flacco. Joe Don't Flacco hater in me. <laughs> but he was better in that playoff run than Eli was in any stage of his career. Period. And for my third and final takeaway, I was watching the Washington football team against the Falcons a little bit yesterday, and it dawned on me that this Washington football team is the exact opposite of what we expected them to be. Taylor Heineke's looking great. He might prove me wrong. He might be a franchise quarterback. He has 900 yards, eight touchdowns, three picks, looked great against the Falcons yesterday. Their offense is doing its job. Antonio Gibson looks great. J.D. McKissick looks great. Scary Terry McLaurin is lighting it up. But that defense is awful right now. And it's honestly a head-scratcher giving up 30 points to the Falcons, giving up 43 to Buffalo, giving up 29 to the Giants. and I mean, they did really well against the Chargers in week one, but as Jackson Kelly would say, it was week one, so, you know, it's now why or all that kind of stuff. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) I'm just saying that you're uh, you're the first person always says week one doesn't matter, so you can throw that, That's your quote. Your quote, not mine. <laughs> well, I'm you're the... right. You were hey, right. Okay, okay. All that matters is I'm right, per usual, as always. Anyways, as I'm, as I'm, let's just was... talk about the Steelers takes you've had this year. <laughs> <laughs> I did say we were Super Bowl contenders after Week One, and that might be my worst <laughs> take so far this year. But anyways, that's nor here nor there. Water in the bridge. This Washington football team, as I stated, 
really good offense, really bad defense. And that might be the most bizarre storyline of this NFL season because that is the complete opposite of what every expert, of what every fan expected. They had one of the best defenses last year. They returned pretty much everyone. They have a young defense. They have a talented defense. But they straight up stink. But the offense with Taylor Heineke looks pretty darn good. It looks like a top 12, top 15 offense right now. They are putting up points. They are moving the ball. They're doing a lot of impressive things. But that defense is just straight up bad, man. And it's just bizarre to me that this football team is the exact opposite of what everyone expected. Yeah, I agree. Because I just think that, like, you know, Taylor, I kind of said early on that I kind of thought he – should have been given the reins as a starter. I understood bringing Fitzpatrick in, but I thought Taylor, you know, Taylor played well enough in that game to, I'm not going to, you know, give him the team, but to get a chance. I mean, that playoff game, he played incredible in. He earned a shot. Yeah, and I'm not saying, you know, give him a ten a five-year contract off that, but I would have definitely given him a, a, a single-year contract and been like, all right, let's see what you got. And – you know, after this year, I don't – I mean, do, do they have their quarterback for the future? I mean, he's only going to get better. I think, you know, he's definitely good enough that, you know, if that defense was what it was supposed to have been, they would have been in contention with the Cowboys. And I firmly believe that. But that's one of the worst defenses in the league, and we were saying it was going to be the best. So that's where their struggles are. I don't think offensively they're struggling. You know, they have playmakers on offense. Their offense could be better, and Taylor could play better. But he's they're going above expectations, like you said. And the Absolutely. defense is just – I mean, that linebacker to secondary is awful. And, you know, with them, the other quarterbacks knowing they can attack that quickly, that if they're just not ready, then it takes away their front, you know, their defensive line. Like, there's just no – they don't have time because it's just dot, 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 field goal range. Yeah, yeah. The Washington's defense has definitely been a surprise because, I mean, the thing is you thought the pass rush would be able to kind of – because the pass rush kind of carried them into last year, like being a really, really dominant defense. But they're not able to do it all this year, and it's kind of showing that, you know, they have holes there. And, you know, a worry would be – the, they lost their left guard and Logan Thomas, their tight end, to you know injuries that are they're gonna be out at least like two to three weeks. So you're wondering if their offense is gonna take a hit. And I mean, they gotta keep pace with the Cowboys because the Cowboys are lining it up. So it's I'm like I'm very confused by them, and I'm curious to see if they can really kind of because the defense has to be better if they want to do anything, obviously. And I'm curious to see if they can make that bounce back and recover and actually, you know, push the Cowboys to where the Cowboys don't just walk their way to the East, you know, title. <laughs> All right. And, you know, off of the, the football team, you know, they are a team that we – Lucas, you thought they were a wild card team. Correct me if I'm wrong. I did. Well, I'm going to make – tell you, this is how I feel. I've seen enough. I've seen the light. You know – there was a lot of talk over who the third playoff team would be in the NFC. We kind of all knew that two of the wild cards are going to go to the NFC West. And I think we all still feel that way. But that third team, 
you know, the discussions early on was, was it going to be the Saints or the third team in the – or the fourth team in the NFC West? Would they get the third wild card spot? And I'm here to tell you now it's going to be none of the above. I firmly believe in my heart of hearts, I'll say it now, and if it don't come true, you know, I'll take my L. But I think the Vikings steal that last wild card spot. Wow. Ooh. Now, I know they're one wow. in three, dude. man. We, okay. we slandered them so much. <laughs> I know they're season. one in three. But their losses, you know, the Bengals, we thought that was a terrible loss. They're three and one. The Cardinals in a game they should have won. And then this week against the Browns, like they've lost to. They were a field goal away in two games. They should have won the first game. It was a Dalvin Cook fumble. You know, they should have won the second game. They should be three and one right now. And they're one and three. And, you know, I think they'll turn it around. I really do. I feel like they're the best fit team. I think they would get in over the Niners personally. See, I would agree if they still didn't have to play at Carolina, Dallas, at Baltimore, at the Chargers, Green Bay, Pittsburgh. No, I'm just kidding about Pittsburgh, but Green Bay. I mean, you still got to play Green Bay twice. Like I said, Baltimore, the Chargers, the Niners. That's a pretty hard schedule. So I'm not really certain that they can get through that schedule with a record good enough to make the playoffs. But I would agree they're better than one and three. Yeah, I just – I don't – they feel like the – they feel like they're the best available team. I feel like, you know, the Panthers are up there, but I think I would take the Vikings over the Panthers. Mm. I don't know. The Panthers could get it too. I just, I think the whole NFC wild card, that third spot is going to be, be crazy because I, I don't, think I think be, the I think Saints it's gonna be are way out. more interesting. I think it's going to be way more interesting than last year because last year was the Bears. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, the, I think we all can agree we don't think the Saints are going to be in that fight. I don't. Yeah, I can't see it right now. I mean, Jameis yeah. played a great game on Sunday, but I can't see it right now. I so think to they me, have too many holes as a team. That leaves the Panthers, three NFC teams, which I still – I think either the Cardinals or Rams win that division. That leaves the – Panthers, the three NFC teams, and the um, Vikings. Because I don't think any of the NFC NFC East teams are going to be in that discussion at all. So that's just kind of how I currently feel about that. I think they can get up there. And I think, like, you know, my point was they're better than they're putting on. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Because, like, they're an experienced team where they've been to the playoffs now for a couple years. And, you know... I mean, like you said, they're a couple games away. Now, those games could make the difference in them making the playoffs, but absolutely, I think that they have been better, and I think they can steal some games where they'll be the underdogs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for our weekly game picks. I'm leading the pack so far at 40 and 24. Lucas is right behind me at 39 and 24. And Jackson is right behind him at 38 and 26. So not only have we all been great so far at picking games, but we are neck and neck. And we are going to kick it off with a Thursday night football clash between the Rams and the Seahawks. The best 
Thursday night football game we have gotten so far, and it is in Seattle. The Rams are two-point favorites. Um, I think I'm going to take Seattle to win this game. Is it in Seattle? Wow, it's in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, at home, I feel like, you know, they had an – you know, they went up against a backup. They'll be a little more rested. Uh, LA's going to have to make the trip. They just had a hard-fought loss. I'm going to go – I feel like that they, they win this game. Mm, I'm going to flip-flop on you. I think LA will go in. I think they'll bounce back. I think, you know, they – I think the defense will look good and show out and kind of shut down Russell Wilson. I agree with uh, Lucas here. I think the Rams are going to win fairly easily. I think it'll be close for about a half, but I think the Rams are going to impose their will, bounce back from last week, and have a great game. Next up, we have the Broncos at my Steelers. The Steelers are surprisingly a one-point favorite at home. Oof. Okay, so I know the Steelers – have looked god awful, really bad. The offense doesn't know what they're doing with ben, Big Ben dying back there. But I think they bounce back, and I think they beat Denver because I think the defense will beat will will kind of just overcome on the the Bang or Broncos offense. I'm gonna have to disagree with you again, Lucas. I'm gonna go Broncos. I think they're gonna have a bounce back game. You know their defense is. Not as good as Pittsburgh's, but it's up there. And I would take Teddy over Ben quite easily. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Broncos to win this game. It's been a train wreck of a year for us. We've looked god-awful. We started out with a great win against the Bills, and we have fallen off of a cliff. We've lost three straight games, and we have looked just about as bad as anyone during those three losses. But I'm here to tell you that next Sunday, that three-game skid is coming to an end in Heinz Field, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not only going to beat the Broncos, we are going to drag them up and down the field. We are going to go out there and play a great game on defense. We're going to have Teddy flustered early and flustered big time. Ben's going to have a resurgence. It's not going to last, but he's going to show some flashes. The Steelers must win this game, and they will answer the bell. I got the Steelers easily covering that one point. I got the Steelers easily winning this football game and showing that while we may be bad, we're not the worst team in the NFL. While we may stink, we're not the worst, you know, we, we, we don't stink the worst in the NFL. We, we don't got the worst stench in the NFL. We're still capable of putting up a good performance now and then. And I believe like next week is that week. Give the Steelers the W against the Broncos at home. Next up, we got the Jets at the Falcons. The Falcons are currently three point favorites in a clash between two, one and three squads. I think the Jets will be riding high after their win. At Tennessee or against Tennessee, it was in New York, and I think Atlanta will kind of put them back in their place. I feel like they'll win this game. Yeah, I think both teams kind of with the they're on opposite sides of the spectrum. Where the Jets finally won an overtime thriller, and the Falcons blew another game where they easily should have won. So I think the, I think Atlanta writes the ship here, and I think they do win against New York. 
I agree with both of you guys. I think the Falcons are going to get the win here. I think although they blew it against the Washington football team, I think there's a lot to build upon in that loss. I think Cordero Patterson looked like a great weapon out of the backfield. I think Matt Ryan showed resurgence. I think Kyle Pitts showed some potential. I think overall their offense did a great job, and I think they're going to build upon that, and I think they're going to beat the New York Jets. Next up, we have the Packers traveling to Cincinnati to face the Cincinnati Bengals. The Packers are only three-point favorites on the road. Uh, yeah, I would take the Packers here pretty easily. Yeah, this seems like a come-back-down-to-earth game for the Bengals where the Packers kind of go in and kind of – like I can see it being like kind of like a 7- to 10-point difference most of the game, but the Packers will win. I don't know. The the Bengals are having like an extended rest, which will play a factor. So I think a game will be a lot closer. I mean, I know it's projected at three, but I know a lot of people will take that line on the Packers to cover, but I think it'll be right around that. I think the Packers are going to win. I think the Packers are going to cover. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to once again show why he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, show why he's that bad man, go up to Cincinnati, win the football game pretty easily. I think this is a comeback down-to-earth moment for the Bengals, as previously stated. I think that the Bengals are, you know, they're a pretty good team, but they're not 3-1 and good. They're just not. I think that the Packers are a much better football team from top to bottom, and I think they're going to go up there and prove that. Next up, we have the Lions at the Vikings. And the Vikings are seven and a half point favorites at home. Mm, that's an insanely huge spread, but I think the Vikings win that game. Get back on track, two and three, and make that playoff push, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, things, I feel like we keep saying Detroit's good, Detroit's good, and they do look good in flashes. But I don't think they get the first win here. I think Minnesota does win that game. I do think Detroit might be the best 0-4 team. And actually, scratch that. They absolutely are the best 0-4 team in the sport. However, the Vikings at home are an easy bet to get the W. I think Kirk Cousins has a huge bounce-back performance. I think Dalvin Cook has a big bounce-back performance. And I think they get the job done. Next up, we have the Dolphins at the Buccaneers. The Bucs are huge favorites at home. 11-point favorites. Um, Once again, that seems like an insane line, but... Um, I would definitely take the Bucks to win this game. No questions asked. I think it would be a lot closer than 11, but I would take the Bucks to win. Yeah, I like Tampa here pretty pretty handily. Agree with both your points, man. I think this is the biggest blowout of the week. I got the Buccaneers wow. winning by at least four touchdowns. I think it's going to be a 42-10 to 10 type drubbing. I think the Buccaneers are coming off a pretty hard game in Foxborough. I think at home – they're going to let it fly. And I think Jacoby Brissett's awful. I think the Dolphins are a mess right now. And I think, like I said, the Buccaneers are going to curb stomp them. I think you lay the mortgage, lay the 401K, lay the house on that 11 points with the Buccaneers because they are going to roll all over the Miami Dolphins. Next up, we got the Saints at the football team. The Saints are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Hmm. You know... This should be a bounce-back game for the Saints. I'm taking Washington. Wow. This is my gut pick of the week. Yeah, I'm feeling feeling a W go on my stomach. Pause. (laughs) Man, you Uh, are officially off the Jameis train. 
and he played great on yet. Sunday. He played great on Sunday. The man looked like a stud. The thing is, I think he can like Jameis, but not the team. Yeah, the Saints are just uh, – I'm just – I don't know. I'm feeling happier about the football team going forward than I am them. And I'm not saying I'm off the Jameis train, but I will say, even after the 38-3 win, I was like, dude, something about Jameis just seems off this year. This – this train is running, but, I mean, it ain't as efficient as I thought, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm on the opposite thinking here. With, I, think it is a, I think it's a toss-up game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington wins it, but I think that New Orleans comes back and kind of bounces back because I think Washington's win was more of a Falcons being Falcons than it was them looking impressive or than them coming back and looking really good. I agree with you, Lucas. I got the Saints winning this football game. I think that they're the better team. I think they're due for a big bounce back. I think Jameis is going to have a really good game against that bad defense. I have the Saints winning and covering. I think that they're the better football team, and I think that's what it boils down to. Next up, we have the Eagles traveling to Carolina to face the Panthers. The Panthers are currently four-point favorites. Uh, Give me Carolina to win this one pretty easily. Yeah, this seems like a game. This seems like it could be an upset, but I think Carolina will be, you know, looking to bounce back, and I think they'll they will at home. I agree with both of you guys, man. I think the Panthers are going to win the game at home. Very close game, shootout between two really good young quarterbacks. But give me Sam Darnold over Jalen Hurts in this game. Give me the Panthers. Next up, we got the Titans at the Jags. The Titans are only four point favorites. Uh. Mm. The Titans have to bounce back. I mean, yeah, I do think the Jags are improving week in and week out, but you can't – they are too good to lose to the Jets and then the Jaguars back-to-back weeks. It's just not happening. That would be unreal, and I don't see it happening. Derrick Henry owns the Jaguars, and I think he'll dominate the win. Another blowout, I think the Titans are going to handle the Jags. I think they're going to bounce back because they have to. I mean, if the Titans want to, you know, be a 500 team this year, they can't fall to 2-3 and three against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It just won't be acceptable. They have to put a big space between them and the Colts because, right, I mean, right now the Colts are 1-3. and three. If they win next week, Titans lose, guess what? They're both 2-3 and three in that division. And while it might be the worst division in football – Titans got to keep winning or else Wentz comes back, Colts get healthier. You never know what's going to happen in that division. So give me the Colts in a game that they should win, a game that they have to win. I'm sorry, give me the Titans in the game they should win, the game they have to win, and I think the game they will win. Next up, we've got the 1-3 and three Patriots taking on the 1-3 and three Texans in Houston. The Patriots are 10-point favorites currently, with the over-under, just for a small tidbit, set at a low 39 right now good lord <laughs> uh yeah dude give me the uh give me the patriots to win this game yeah this is a i see this as a patriots win and i see this game as something that won't be on red zone very much next <laughs> i mean yeah if they had a uh red zone for the 50 yard line you might catch a glimpse of both teams <laughs> but uh yeah, it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I think the Patriots are going to win the ball game. I think Mac's going to go out there and play a really good game against the Texans' defense that doesn't really leave, you know, leave much to be impressed, you know, much to be desired. I think that they're just a very uh, 
a pretty mediocre team all around, pretty bad football team all around, especially with Davis Mills. Because, I mean, they showed and yet, quite a bit of somehow, promise. Uh, overachieving this year at the exactly. same time. Exactly. No, they <laughs> I mean, they, they looked pretty good with Tyrod, though. I mean, they looked really good in week one with Tyrod. But once Tyrod went down, Davis Mills has not been it, and they look right now like the worst team in the league. So give me the Patriots pretty easily on the road. Next up, we got the Bears at the Raiders. The Raiders are five and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, give me the Raiders. I think the Raiders, you know, I think them at home, I, I like them bouncing back because I, I think Andy Dalton will come back for some reason. And yeah, give me the Raiders. Well, the Raiders have started five and one the past two years. I don't see them not doing that this year. They got their loss out of the way. They'll win this week. <laughs> I agree, man. I think the Raiders pretty easily in this spot. You know, the Bears looked good last week, but I still think Justin Fields is pretty shaky. I think Derek Carr at home with that offense, Darren Waller, they're going to show up. They're going to show out. They're going to win the football game. Next up, we have arguably the best game of the football weekend, the Cleveland Browns at the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers are currently one-point favorites at home. The over-under is 50. It's going to be a defensive battle and an offensive shootout at the same time because they have two of the best defenses and the best offenses in the NFL. I can't wait to watch this one. You guys can't wait to watch this one. Give me the winner. Give me the Chargers. Ooh. Okay. Dude, I okay. gotta stick with the Browns after what I said, dude. I mean, I, yeah, Jen does. <laughs> and yeah, I think they're overall a better team, so I'm gonna take the Browns. Okay, I could see, I could see the def, uh, you know defensive line getting to Justin Herbert, but I think the kids calm, cool, collected. I think they'll look good, and I like them. I like the Chargers getting the win at home. Yeah, man, I agree with Lucas. Give me the Chargers. You know, at home, I think they're the better football team. I've stated why. I think in a big game, high leverage game, Baker Mayfield versus Justin Herbert. Give me the kid. Give me Justin Herbert. Looking like a top six, top seven quarterback in the NFL right now. He's going to get the job done. He's going to win the football game. Browns are a good team. Chargers are a great team. Give me LAC. Next up, we got a divisional matchup between the lowly Giants and the red-hot Cowboys. The Cowboys are touchdown favorite at home. Oh, I love that, dude, for them to cover. Yeah, Cowboys won pretty big here. Yeah, I can see the Cowboys here, but I wouldn't be shocked at a Giants upset because those games, they're, they're kind of close here and there, but I like the Cowboys. I agree with you guys, man. I think it's a pretty close game just because the Giants play the Cowboys close. There's some really weird divisional matchups between those teams over the years, but give me the Cowboys to cover and the Cowboys to win. I do think that they're one of the best teams in the NFL this year. I think Dak is having an MVP caliber campaign, and there's no reason to see that being derailed against the New York Giants. So give me the Cowboys in this spot. Next up, we got the 2-2 two and two Cardinals traveling on the road to face what? the 4-0. I'm sorry. I mean, the the, two and two Cardinals, dude, don't ever say anything like that again. Oh, no, 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 no. The two and two 49ers, excuse me, traveling on the road. Maybe I just said that because you talked about expecting the Cardinals to go two and two because you didn't believe in your football team. So maybe that's why that was in my head. Just to clarify, because you didn't believe in your football team. We haven't fought this whole episode. (laughs) <laughs> don't let's, let's not keep do it clean let's all right clean. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it clean because you know whoa, between whoa, 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 whoa. give arizona their proper introduction okay 
So the Drunk. two and two 49ers. Hey, l- let me do the introduction. I'll give you guys the respect you deserve. Okay. I was going to give you a break. Okay, but go ahead. Okay. Okay. We got the two and two. Air, um, you motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> Quit it! <laughs> All right. How about this? Tell me if you like this one. We got the two and two San Francisco 49ers, five-time Super Bowl champions, against the undefeated four and zero Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Zero time Super Bowl champions. <laughs> the Against Cardinals. the last undefeated team in the NFL remaining. Chills. And they have no <laughs> Super Bowls. Anyways, the Cardinals are five and a half point favorites at home. The over under is at 50 and a half right now. Jackson Kelly, I gotta bring this one to you first. The biggest Arizona Cardinal fan I've ever met. The only Arizona Cardinals fan I've ever met. <laughs> Who do you have winning this football game? Arizona, baby. I'm rolling with the cards. (laughs) (laughs) This is Trey Lance's first game. He's going to – I mean, oh, dude. I mean, if we lose this game, I'm going to be depressed. (laughs) He looked okay. But, yeah. Let's let's keep it a buck. He didn't look anywhere near Kyler Murray or – and he ain't seen nothing like Isaiah Simmons – J.J. Watt, you know, Chandler Jones, you know, Byron Murray, you know, Buda Baker, you know, Marcus Golden. The best defense, maybe since, you know, I don't know, the Browns in 85 or something, dude. I don't know. <laughs> the 85 Bears, the, Bears, the 2015 yeah, yeah, the Bears. Broncos, the 2013 <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. This just sounds super goofy right now, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's facts, but go off. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh man, I okay. So I love Trey Lance with all my little heart. He's my favorite quarterback to watch in this class, but he's definitely not ready. And I got the Cardinals winning this one pretty easily. I agree with both you guys, man. I got the uh, Super Bowl list four and Arizona Cardinals <laughs> getting this W. You know, I think they are the best team in the NFL right now. And you know what? Steelers, we're bad. We're not going to probably even make the playoffs. I, I hope it's the Chargers and the Cardinals in the Super Bowl this year. I really do. I would like to see one of those two teams win because on one hand, Jackson Kelly, you'd get the championship that you deserve because you're a loyal fan of some really bad teams that never win lick. <laughs> so, you know, I would love to see him get that. Dude, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that Super Bowl, man. It'd be a great Super Bowl. Between my, best best friend, young. my best friend is a Chargers, like diehard Chargers fan. That'd like be my, amazing. My man. best friend in the entire world. Dude, amazing. <laughs> One of us is going to die that night. <laughs> like, oh, oh, like, if he man. won, I would, I swear to God, I'd fight him. I swear to God, if the Chargers won, <laughs> that'd I would be hilarious. Fight him. Like, I would not, I'd feel bad because, like, I couldn't be there. I'd have to leave. I would have to leave. I could not be there and watch the celebration with him there. I would be, dude, I'll be hammered driving home. I don't care, dude. I'll take my chances. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. I mean, I couldn't blame you because, I mean, you did blow your other shot at a Super Bowl. So, I mean, if you got a second one and blew it, that would be yeah, really tough did, scene. Whatever. Go oh, ahead. come on. Are you dude, kidding next me? Dude, that game I'm not talking about. Are this. you kidding me? The Pittsburgh Steelers won that game fair and square. That was absolutely a catch. Antonio Holmes so beat what's your Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Lucas. I'm glad you care about the direction of the show. <laughs> uh. Is that all we're doing? Is that all we're covering with the uh, zero-time Super Bowl champion Arizona Cardinals? I'm just just checking. Next game, Brendan, or I'll have you <laughs> off the freaking show. I swear to God, tomorrow. 
<laughs> Next up, we got the Bills at the Chiefs on Sunday night football. Ooh, the Chiefs are two and a half point favorites right now at home. Who wins? The Chiefs are favorited? Of course they are. Yeah, two and a half point favorites because of Patrick Mahomes at home. Oh my God. Bills win this game. Ooh. Yeah. I I didn't I didn't say it, but I think the Bills are still the best. I think they're still just a just a hair better than the Cardinals. In you the son of oh my god, dude! I snuck that by. Who have they played? Who have they played? They haven't played anyone. Okay, but I have agendas to push with Josh Allen winning MVP and them going to the Super Bowl. So I got to push my agendas. Lucas, you're a, you're a co-host <laughs> of a podcast now. You don't need to push agendas, buddy. You literally said it earlier. My agendas are facts. I can't help it. I can't help my agendas are facts. Okay, mine are semi-truths. So I'm going to roll with the Bills here. I think this is going to be a statement win. This is going to be the statement win you're looking for. I think they win this one on the road. Oh, so they'll beat a two and three team and I'm supposed to be impressed? (laughs) Speaking – okay, okay. Speaking of agendas – I got one to push right now. This show's going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have a statement victory on Sunday Night Football. Patrick Mahomes is going to answer the bell. Now, I think the Bills are still in contention to win the AFC. I still think it's a three-horse race. I think both teams are pretty even. But I'm here to tell you right now, not only are the Chiefs going to easily cover that two and a half, they're going to win by double digits. They are going to ball out at home. They are going to shock the world. Mark my words. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, they're going to go out there and they are going to put up points. The Bills have been hot, but they're due for a letdown. And guess who's going to give it to them? Patrick Mahomes, Patty Boy, the Golden Boy. He's going to light up the scoreboard on Sunday night, and it is going to be glorious. He's going to be going to the right side of the end zone. He's going to be going to the left side of the end zone. He's going to be dominating the football game. Straight up facts. This is Patrick Mahomes' world. We're all living in it. And he's going to prove that on Sunday night. He is going to answer the bell on the biggest stage. Give me the Chiefs. Give me Patty. Give me him by double digits. I don't care. Well, I don't know if I picked the Bills yet, but I am (laughs) by about two touchdowns. What? (laughs) Are you kidding me? I'm not joking. Are you kidding me? No, dude, I'm not. I think they play very well, and they destroy that putrid defense. And their defense is good enough to hold Patrick Mahomes to 21, 28 points. And I think they score in the 40s. That's just how I feel. I can't I'm wait more for. Excited. I'm I can't more wait excited for Monday. Carrie Underwood, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to rub that Chiefs victory in your face because I know it's coming. I know it's oh, coming. Dude, I'm, I'm waiting for it, dude. Put it all yeah. in my face. <laughs> almost finished. Almost finished. So clean. Wait, Pause. <laughs> You're the one that's always saying that I'm the weird one. I'm. You you say weird, weird things. How did you make that weird? I just responded with what you said. You made it weird. I didn't make it weird. You're the one that made it <laughs> oh weird. Oh, my gosh. You said, yeah, I'm going to rub it all in your face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude. Whatever. <laughs> If that's you're, what floats oh, your boat. Man. Hey, 
Anyways, anyways, we got to get to Monday Night Football, our last pick of the week, and albeit it should be a very easy pick for the three of us. The one and three Colts are going on the road to face the three and one Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are currently a seven point favorite, and quite obviously, I think the Ravens are going to beat the Colts in this spot. I think at home, the Baltimore Ravens are not only a much better team, but they're the more talented football team. And Lamar Jackson's very hard to beat in a bright spot. He's very hard to beat on a big stage. And I got the Ravens covering and the Ravens winning. See, this is a, this would be a gut pick for me if I chose the Colts because I'm kind of – like this just seems like a weird feeling that I have. But I'm going to go with the smart pick here, and I'm going to pick the Ravens. Well, I'm going to do what you wouldn't, Lucas. I'm going to take the Colts to win this game. I just feel like wow. I feel like they're – I'm not sold on the Ravens yet, dude. And, Lucas, you were saying they were frauds. Yeah, a but – uh, Who did the injuries... they beat this week? Broncos. A win over the Broncos changes that for you, dude? It doesn't, but I just think that at home the Ravens will – I think the Colts are kind of dealing with some weird – Injuries bug. I, I don't love the Colts. I got the Colts here to win pretty – and not easily by no means, but I do think they control the game. I think it will be close, but I don't think – I think they'll be in control of the game the whole time. 